This is Family Court Vision. The podcast where a guy and his mom discuss all things basketball. On today on today's episode, we have the Timberwolves coaching situation. We review Rebound, the story of Earl the Goat Manigault. We have who was snubbed for the All-Star team and the nickname game. And I get to learn some nifty new words like cap and sus. You sure do. It's it's a really exciting episode. Definitely <laughs> stick around for the whole thing. Uh, the big one oh. Let's boogie. Welcome to episode 10 of Family Court Vision. It is 7 p.m. on Wednesday, February 24th. Episode 10. Double Ten. digits. 10. It's like a decade, but not not like but, in time, but, just like... But weeks instead of <laughs> years. So that's like yeah. a decade. Almost. Almost like a decade. <laughs> Anything new so with you a, this week? Oh, nothing. I got nothing. nothing? You know, I was, I was like pouring through my brain i look through my calendar trying to figure out what's going on nothing is going on the only thing i have going on i don't have any new candles i didn't this week i didn't order any new cookies we did get a box of cookies last week that i didn't tell you about but you know we'll move on from that it's too Um, late now yeah yeah so um the only thing is so you know that i'm a middle-aged woman I do know that about you, yes. Yes. So middle-aged women often struggle with losing weight or maintaining a healthy weight, and I've struggled with that for some time. I am a vegetarian, but I am a carb lover and a cheese lover mm-hmm. and an ice cream lover. Yeah. Um, so I decided this week, because I have gone vegan before, and that has helped. But I get lazy, and then I just eat a bunch of plain pasta all the time. That doesn't help. So I decided to try out this two-week trial of this um, plant-based menu thing. Mm -hmm. So you batch all the food on Sunday. And then every day of the week, you have dinner that you don't really have to do any work for. So Sunday morning, I spent three hours batching the food. And now I haven't yet eaten dinner tonight, but I had two nights of dinner and then leftovers for lunch. And it's not too bad. Okay, that's good. That's that's all I got. How about you, Jack? Um, I guess other um other health stuff. We got a um uh an elliptical here. Oh, <gasps> you did? Where we is did. it? It's in the bedroom. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I don't see it. Yeah, that's because it's in the bedroom. Ha- but, and is it um, quiet? I mean, you live in an apartment building. I and the bedroom on your floor is the farthest room from anyone else's apartment but Um, you have upstairs and downstairs neighbors right the the machine itself doesn't make a lot of noise i don't know if like our weight on it moving is Mm -hmm. bad for the downstairs neighbors but Mm -hmm. um they're just gonna they're just gonna have to get over it i guess that's Um, so cool so yeah and it you can also pull it down and turn it into a bike too (gasps) wow so you can do it's two different things that you can do with it there's a little seat on the back that's very um, cool. So that's the exciting have, stuff over here. Have you tried it? I have. Today, actually, I closed all my rings for the first time in a very long time. So. Oh, wow. Um, my my watch has been telling me recently that I am slacking. It's like, 
you know, you, you've moved more than this by this point of the day. Uh -huh. And I'm like, shut up, you're a watch. Yeah. 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 Um, so. But yeah, so that's the, that's the new and exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody, uh, make sure that you uh, email our email, which is familycourtvision at gmail.com for any mm -hmm. mailbag questions you have. Mm -hmm. It could be about basketball. It could be about our lives. It could be about podcasting, really anything. So, um, so, uh, do that. Email us there, familycourtvision at gmail.com. Also check us out on social media at, at famcourtvision. Um, yeah. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Up. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. So we just mm -hmm. want to plug that before we get into things and things are, things include the first segment of the day, which is basketball news of the week. Um, I'm having a All rough right. two weeks with, with segment, segment yeah. transitions. Yeah. Um, well, but, I, I'll, yeah. I don't know if anybody really cares about the injury report, but now it's my thing. So I do it. So yeah, you're the, you're, you are the injury report on this I, podcast. I know. I, a little while ago, I was like, oh, I didn't even look up the injury report. Probably nobody cares, but it's my thing now. So That's, here's my segment. Yeah. 87 regular old injuries and nine COVID absences, five of which are on San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. They've had, uh, they've had a lot of troubles and postponed games we talked mm -hmm. about that last week. And then I think Shams Charania of the athletic just tweeted today that there were two new positive cases in the last week. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously the hope is zero, but that's, that's not bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think there were any postponed games because of COVID in the last week. There were some Texas games that were postponed because mm. of power. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, we, ho we hope everybody is okay down there. Uh, yes. But no, no COVID postponements. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, in despair. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers I have lost three in a row. Uh-huh. They're playing the Jazz tonight, which is the best team in the league. Mm, so so four. could be four. Now they're missing. Out. They're missing AD. He's been out, and he will be out until at least the end of the All Star break. And they have also been missing Dennis Schroeder, who, who I think has been their third best player so far this year um, for the last couple games. I, th I I thought at first he had COVID, but now it sounds like it was it was an injury. Um, Have and, you been? So yeah. Uh, forgetting to take off your Lakers merch. I did realize that la the oh. last game I was wearing my my watch, my watch band. Mm. So that could have been the problem. But the previous two games I wasn't. So it, maybe you should put your little LeBron bobblehead or what is it a bobblehead or is it a it's a Funko Pop, a Funko Pop. Maybe you need to like put it in one of the 500 kitchen cabinets that you have. To, to really, really hide it shut away. Shut the door. Yeah. Get all away. the Lakers stuff out of the living room mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. But tonight I'm I'm expecting uh it it could be rough tonight with no AD, well, no Schroeder, best team in the league. Yeah. Wasn't it last week that they were going to play uh the Knicks or the Nets or something? And I was like, oh, they're gonna lose, and then they lost. That I think it was a week a week ago today, they they lost to the Nets. Mm -hmm. Um called it. Yeah. That was their, I think their the first of their their three game skid here, um, but but yeah, and now you know three games in a row, they're now I think third in the West. 
I think LeBron is sort of uh, his MVP is sort of slipping away to yeah, Joel Embiid. Yeah, happen. Yeah. Well, not not going to happen. The, the season is happen. very long. We'll see what's going to happen. I think yeah. they're about. I I do think they're about neck and neck. The Lakers still have a better record than the Sixers do, even though even well, with this bad streak. I, you know, I love Joel Embiid, but that wasn't my pick at the beginning of the the season, right? I I yours picked was Giannis. Giannis. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I said a three peat might be tough, but um, you know, if we're going to knock LeBron out of the way, yeah, could happen. Yeah, but I I think I think in most. In most people's eyes, well, not everybody has different opinions, but in my eyes, LeBron <laughs> and, and Joel Embiid are are neck and neck right now. Now, Joel Embiid has had not so great games the last two games either. So, let's say LeBron goes off tonight, they beat the Jazz, and it's great. Then he's right back in it, and it's fine. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little bit uh, a little bit stressed out. That's what I'll mm-hmm. say. A little bit stressed yeah. out. Uh, so we also had this um, the situation with the Timberwolves. Yeah. Uh, they are the worst team in the league. They have the worst record, and they, because of that, fired their coach on Sunday after Ryan a loss. Saunders. Ryan Saunders, and that's not you know that's not crazy. Coaches get fired in the middle of seasons, especially when you're the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what happened was then they immediately the next day hired um, Chris Finch who's an assistant mm-hmm. who was an assistant coach for the Toronto Raptors like mm-hmm. two days before that. Like, so they just directly hired him from another staff. Mm-hmm. So this is strange for, and and we have to talk about it for a number of reasons. One is mm-hmm. normally if you fire your coach in the middle of the season, you would then promote one of your assistant coaches to be the interim head coach for the rest of the year. And then you do a, you do a full coach search over the, over the off season. Mm-hmm. that's normally what would happen occasionally not but directly hiring somebody who's already working on another staff that is strange well, now it's finch ex- is what finch was what an assistant coach on an the assistant raptors? coach for the raptors okay. yes okay now there has been a lot of conversation about this because and i think we've talked about this before the lack of diversity among the head coaches in the nba mm-hmm. i think there's like eight or nine black head coaches for a league that is 70 percent the players are, are 70% black mm-hmm. and the viewers are also majority black. And so it seems um, there have definitely been opportunities that black coaches have not been given and have been given to white coaches. Now, I don't want to say that Chris Finch is unqualified for this. He's been coaching for two decades and, um, you know, with he's been with the Raptors for a little while now. They just won a couple of years ago. So I'm not saying he can't be a head coach, but they also had they had an assistant coach on their on their team, uh, David Vanterpool. David Vanterpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who was um, uh, worked in Portland for a while, and Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum expressed their upsetness mm-hmm. that he was not promoted. He I, we didn't say this yet. He's black. He's a black mm-hmm. coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns, who is on the Timberwolves, also expressed his disappointment with the the um, the move to Finch without a full search, without a full um, uh, without full opportunities given to a wide range of diverse candidates. Mm-hmm. So I was reading about this on Twitter, and Twitter is often a dumpster fire. So I enjoy Twitter. Um, 
I learn a lot of things from Twitter. There are a lot of smart people who who post good things there, but there there are also a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of nastiness and hatred. Yeah. Um, and on this topic, there was a lot of nastiness and hatred. Yes. And if I delete in my mind all those all those tweets or comments to the to a tweet that were nasty and hatred filled, there were a couple of questions that may or may not be valid. So I'm going to just bring a couple of those things up to you and see what you think on them, because I don't know enough about everything here to know whether I have an opinion. And one of the ways I help educate myself is by talking about things with people. So here's one, here's one thing. Someone said the Timberwolves have the most diverse front office in the entire league. So a discussion of diversity is a moot point if you're talking about the Timberwolves because they already have the most diverse front office. I don't know what front office means. In my building, at my work, the front office is like where the principal and the secretaries are. Like, is the front office, does that mean the executive team? Like, what does that mean in basketball? That's the the GM, the assistant GM, uh, the owner, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the higher ups than the coach, essentially. Okay. So there are... So my my thought is there are probably a lot of I don't want to say casual fans but maybe not maybe unobsessed fans who don't know who the front office people are. So yeah. I'm not saying that there that you shouldn't have diversity in that but the face of the team the face of the leadership of the team would be the coaching staff. Right. So to have diversity there, I think, would be a more, maybe not more, would be another way of demonstrating your commitment to diversity. Yes. What do you think about that thought? Yeah. I'm, like you said, having diversity in the front office is great, but that doesn't mean that you then can just decide not to have diversity uh, among the coaching staff and players mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like it, That should always be a conversation no matter what level of the team you're talking about. Now, last week we were talking about, I think, Bill Russell and how there's something called the Russell rule, which is like the Rooney rule in football. But the Russell mm-hmm. rule is is college. It's not it's not pro. So there's nothing. So the Russell rule says that you have to put forth a, a panel of diverse candidates when you're hiring. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing yeah. like that in the NBA at this time. I'm not sure about that. But the okay. the what we retweeted on our social media today was the. I think it's the National Basketball Coaches Association. Yes. Um, issued sort of their uh, discomfort in how the process of hiring went down, and they are going to be working them and the league to sort of investigate and see, you know, if anything wrong happened, and then also how we can improve for the future. So apparently, a cup. Here's another kind of devil's advocate or. Uh, fishing question to find out more information uh, apparently a couple of years ago when the timberwolves hired ryan saunders chris finch was one of their top candidates and for some reason they weren't allowed to hire him so they already knew he was someone who they wanted in their organization now that they had a chance they just pulled from that file so people want to know so why is that a problem they already knew that that was someone who they would want to hire yeah and, and like i said it's it's not if you're just strictly talking about who do we want to be the coach of the team? Mm-hmm. They, uh, Gerson Rosas is the mm-hmm. owner of the Timberwolves. 
mm-hmm. and he ha- and he used to work in Houston. Chris Finch mm-hmm. also used to work in Houston, so they had ties there. He interviewed for the job in 2019. Like I said, he's been coaching for over two decades. So like he's a qualified person, and you understand why somebody like him would get this job. He has connections in Minnesota. But I I, I think the I think the um the upsetness around the league and around fans is that it seemed like it was already done. You mm. know what I mean? That there wasn't mm-hmm. actually a search put out. Mm-hmm. There wasn't actually candidates. It, you know, it was this guy was fired and the next like day. casting Right. And the next day, somebody who was working on another staff, so shouldn't have known about like an opening, um, was hired immediately the next mm-hmm. day. So mm-hmm. th- it seems a little suspect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. A little sus. That's what the oh, kids say, right? That is what the kids say. A little, a little sus. A little sus. We like to stay hip and cool for the kids. <laughs> um, we, we always need to attract a younger and younger audience, you know? Yeah. So right? very so sus. Minnesota, you're being sus right now. That's right. Stop, that stop, in- stop simping after Chris Finch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Such a simp, Minnesota. Such- <laughs> if you guys, if you guys... <laughs> If you guys say that you were going to, you did a full coaching search, that's cap. I don't know that one. What's that one? Cap means like, that's a lie. <gasps> it does? Yeah. All right. Or like know. you or you're capping means like well, you're lying. Can I, can I tell you where I get most, most of my um, trendy term knowledge? Where? <laughs> so this is an, a Twitter account that I follow and it's the Twitter account of Levi Fetterman. Um, you re- you seem to be recognizing the name Fetterman. I do, John. He, uh-huh. Uh huh. Levi is his dog. Um, oh, <laughs> and Levi has some really um, trendy terminology, and that's where I learned this stuff. You're learning terminology from a dog. I I don't think that's it, surprising he, for anybody who's listened he, to the last minute or so. <laughs> He's the dog of the coolest assistant governor what's an assistant governor called lieutenant Lieutenant. he's the dog of the coolest lieutenant governor in the country so there you go so that's something um all right we're gonna talk more about um (laughs) we're gonna talk more about all-star stuff next week because that's the that'll be a few days before it actually happens um but the full all-star teams came out um Mm -hmm. so we, we knew the starters um i think last week and then the the reserves just came out a couple days ago um and so everybody's all any every year that this comes out everybody always talks about the snubs who was left mm-hmm. out and um my question is always okay if you're if somebody was snubbed who are you taking out who <gasps> I wrote who, that I wrote that Well that's that's what I'm saying I I looked at it today first I looked uh-huh. at a list of people who didn't make it and I thought oh these 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 couple people they probably should have made it and then I looked at the people who did make it and I said all, all of the people who are actually on the team deserve to be on the team. So I, I'm not taking anybody out. I can't say somebody's a snub. You know, maybe we want the league to expand it and add some more roster spots. But I, from what we have right now, I, I don't consider anything a snub. Devin Booker is the only one who I consider close on the cuffs. I, w- I would maybe take Zion out and put Devin Booker in. Zion's but a reserve, Devin, though, Devin right? Booker is going now. But Yes, because Anthony Davis um, is hurt and he's, he's not going to be playing. So mm-hmm. Devin Booker, it was just announced, I think, like 15 minutes before we started here. Yeah. 
um, it was, is going to be gone. Zion, is, was Zion first team or the reserve? Reserve. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have a question. So I voted in a couple of the rounds. Is it? Uh-huh. It's not all fan voting that gets them in there. No, it's. I think fans make portion? up. I think it's fifty percent, and then players vote, and they get twenty five percent, and then coach or media. I don't know. I I can't remember what's. Co- I know coaches get some portion. Yeah, it might be coaches and media, and the players don't get a vote. I don't know. Um, but I, I think it's fifty twenty five twenty five, whatever the breakdown is. Yeah. I mean, I but think everyone should. I'm sorry, everyone should listen to our podcast, but Maddie and I listened to a great podcast about a hockey all-star um, debacle. Uh, so fans out there should should find that one. I don't know what it was called, but it was really good. Okay, we'll post about it. Sorry, um, what were you saying? The, that's that's what, what sometimes the problem with the fan vote is that there's in recent years, there's sort of been these, these meme votes. So like Alex Caruso is a fan favorite from the Lakers. He's like a dorky looking balding white guy. And he's, he's not bad. He's, he, he plays for them. I really, I think he's an important player for them, but like, he's like maybe their eighth or ninth best player. Like he doesn't deserve Mm -hmm. to be an all-star, but because there's this thing surrounding him, like, I think he was like 10th in the, in the West for voting but because the percentages of the other ones, you know, weighed him out. So um, well, I saw that someone was saying like Tobias Harris, you know, Long Island hometown guy yeah. um, would be a good choice, but that he's got Joel Embiid. I think Ben Simmons is a reserve and Doc Rivers yeah. is the coach. So does it sometimes happen that they're not going to take too many people from the same team? So even if you are really awesome, if there's someone on your team who's clearly going you might not go yeah that same thing happened kind of with mike conley um of the jazz uh where donovan mitchell and rudy gobert are both all-stars and mike Mm -hmm. conley has also been a really important piece but he's certainly their third best player Mm -hmm. so uh, i think it just kind of works out that way sometimes and then fred van vliet got overlooked again oh how hard how hard does that guy have to work i know he's a listen he's he's used to you know overcoming obstacles and mm-hmm. getting overlooked. So I'm sure he'll be back and better than ever for, for next year. So, mm-hmm. um, and then just a quick, uh, two quick things. Uh, the nets, as we talked about earlier are getting hot right now and they don't even have KD. They've won their last seven games, uh, including over the Lakers, over the Clippers and over Phoenix, which are mm-hmm. three of the top four teams in the West. So, they're looking pretty impressive right now, uh, making me very, very nervous. Um, and Terry Rozier of the Hornets and Luka Doncic of the Mavs both hit game-winning shots, so go check out those highlights. They're pretty exciting. Um, both of those happened in the last couple of days. Um, okay, moving on to the WNBA. Um, so we had a couple of uh, signings over the week. The Sparks signed Bria Holmes and Simone Augustus. And Who is 36 then... years old. Oh, she and she was saying. apparently with her. I think this is her. This is not her first year with the Sparks. I think they no. That's a resign. Yeah, that's a resign. Right, yeah. but she had been with the maybe with the Lynx for like fourteen years. But she said that she loves um, the Sparks and she will be retiring there. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the Dream signed Shatori Walker Kimbrough as well. Uh, so those were kind of the three big signings uh, mm-hmm. since last time. And then we had. Uh, four teams of the WNBA are 
partnering with Anthem Healthcare. I don't know exactly what they're called, yes. but they're a, a major health. They are Blue Cross Blue Shield, which, you know, like my entire lifetime, that's been a major healthcare company. But yeah, yeah Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, so four teams, the Liberty, the Sparks, the Dream, and the Fever are partnering mm-hmm. with them um, for various things, but the main goals are combating racial and health inequities and promoting social justice initiatives within those four markets. Um, And it's really cool. Uh, So a couple things about this partnership. Uh, When any of those teams plays each other this year, they're going to do a community event in that city, a joint community event with with players and coaches, um, you know, raising money or raising awareness, whatever it is. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then each of the four teams has a different focus on what they're doing through this partnership. So the Liberty are focusing on, um, health inequities for women in New York city. The sparks are focusing on athletic experiences and health education in Southern California. The dream are going to focus on food insecurity and mental health in Atlanta. And the fever are going to focus on social awareness and activism in Indiana. Um, so really cool. Indiana is Anthem's home state. Yes, and they're doing some other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Um, They're doing some extra stuff with the fever. Um, But, yeah, you know, as always, we've talked about many times, the WNBA leading on social justice and social activism and athlete activism. Um, So just another example and some cool stuff to look forward to. Not that the Pope is going to call them or anything, but, you know, they'll keep working. They'll keep keep doing the work. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else, any other news to, to touch on this week? nothing from me okay we're going to move on to our next segment of the day which is our movie review of rebound the legend of earl the goat manigold very good you got the whole thing boom and that was probably the toughest one we've ever had so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, now this was this was a made for tv made for hbo movie this was not a box office movie right and it's from Um, 1996 yes did you like it I forgot to ask you that last time, and I got yelled at for it. So, mm-hmm. did I like it? I liked it. There, I think it. I think there were things I really liked, and I think that there were things I, I really didn't. Mm-hmm. But I think if I were to average, I would say yes, I liked it. Now this was a roller coaster for me because I did. I the only time I had heard about the, this is when we started making a list of of all basketball movies. Mm-hmm. And last week you said it was a it was a nonfiction. That's how you described it. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I thought, oh, it's a documentary. That ju- mm-hmm. I just made Sorry. that connection. Yeah. So then I started watching, and from the very beginning, it's clearly not a documentary. But then it's sort of this, um, you know, Uncle Drew like legend of street ball mm-hmm. um, figure. And so I figured that was, you know, is kind of going to be this like this Forrest Gump epic where we see his whole life and, you know, um, you know, we see his rise in in basketball and doesn't make the league or whatever. But like that, this is how he becomes a legend. And it very took a very, very sharp Mm -hmm. turn. Very, very dark. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, of course, this is a true story, so it's not like they're just writing this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But um but yeah this was it it was not going where i thought it was going yeah so a couple of things first of all uh earl was played by dom Cheadle. this was his first lead role in a movie Mm -hmm. and young earl was played by his younger brother 
Colin Cheadle. So that was interesting. He's only a oh. couple of years younger than Don Cheadle, but I guess he had he did have that very innocent kind of confused deer in the headlights look. He and, had that and like tiny too compared yeah. to like everybody else. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Don Cheadle wasn't really that big compared to everyone else either. And Earl was allegedly around 5'11", which is not as big as some of the big, you know, the big players. But um, mm-hmm. Don Cheadle seemed a little smaller than I would have expected for that role. But I, he's an amazing actor. So, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was directed by Eric LaSalle, who I know from ER. I used to watch ER. He played Dr. Benton, I think. Dr. Benton. And he also had a, a pivotal role of Diego in this movie. Diego kind oh. of kind of um led Earl down a couple different roads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's so for, for anybody who hasn't seen it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe pause now if you don't want spoilers, but um it I mean the know, movie this... is like fifteen years old or something. Right. So, but like I said, 20, I hadn't even heard of it before. I can't do math. 25, yeah. yeah. Um but it's, you know, it's this it's this true story of this guy Earl Manigault, people call him the goat. His last name sounds like that and it, you know, the whole thing we'll do nickname thing later. Um but uh, you know, he's this legendary streetball player. There's all these crazy stories about him. And he's making, you know, he's making his way up the ranks. He's going to college, you know, has some troubles in high school, but he's going to college and playing basketball. And it seems like he's well on his way to the NBA. And then he sort of falls into this life of drugs and crime and um, his life just completely falls apart. And his, uh, did they ever get married? I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend. Yeah, his girlfriend and his kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. he loses them and the the woman who raised him he it's it's just this heartbreaking story he falls in with definitely the wrong crowd some people that that should have been there to support him mm-hmm. doing some not great things um and then it does get a little a little uplifting at the end like the guy's real life um mm-hmm. but uh but very very dark for that whole middle section yeah i had I, when we first made our list of all the movies to watch, I did look into Earl, the actual man. So I knew uh-huh. basically what the what the storyline was. Um, there's not a lot of information out there about him, but he did. He was a streetball player with some people who became famous NBA players. So it's yeah. not just that the streetball players continue to play streetball. Like they're like Wilt Chamberlain, who was played by Kevin Garnett in this movie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Abdul- right, Jabbar. before he was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Um, Who literally, like, that that interview at the beginning was right. a film thing, but he literally said the greatest player he's ever played against was Earl. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, so this guy could, so some of the legends associated with Earl are that he could jump up, at, so if you put some coins or dollars up on the top of the backboard, he could jump up and get them. That's a, that's 13 feet up is the top of the backboard. Yeah. Right. And he was just under six feet. So he'd have to jump more than twice his height. Right. And then the other one is that he could do this double dunk thing where he could dunk with one hand while in the air, grab it from under the, when it goes through the basket with the other hand and then dunk it again. Yeah. Now, both of these are legends. They're probably tall tales. Nobody really can corroborate either of them, but like, 
you know, he's he's got these legends connected with him. Right. Did you, Jack, catch the connection to one of our previous movies? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I said the beginning reminded me of the Uncle Drew. Well, Uncle Drew is the other movie but... I'm talking about. Okay. But did you do you remember the name of the park in this Earl movie? Oh, well, it's Rucker Park. Right. Yeah, which is, which is a, a real famous park. There's been uh, like NBA players who during lockouts have played at Rucker Park and like Kobe yeah. had this famous Rucker Park game. So, yeah. And and this movie introduces us to Holcomb Rucker, who it's named mm-hmm. for. He yeah. was the he was the kind of he was a, actually also a teacher um, in his real life. He died in his mid 30s from cancer, but he was a teacher and a maintenance guy for the for the parks and he started this tournament rucker park tournament and that's what the that's what the tournament was that they were doing in uncle drew uh-huh yeah um, was was rucker yeah pretty cool. and also they a couple of times they referred to people as young blood in this and that was what uncle drew constantly referred to yeah. people as so i don't know if that was an homage or that's just a i don't that may be just a common thing that older basketball players uh-huh. call younger basketball players in street ball i don't know but that was like that that would have been the era that, you know, a young Uncle Drew would have been mm. playing in would be. And he and he had these outrageous legends attached to him as well. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it's directly that, mm-hmm. you know, based on Earl. I'm sure there were other legendary players back at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, kind of cool, that, that connection there. I also found out that uh, Miss Mary, who Earl lived with, mm-hmm. her name was actually Mary Manigault. That it was her last name that oh. he was born in South Carolina, the youngest of nine children. By the time he came around, his family just wasn't really all that interested in raising any more kids. So Mary took him. He lived with her in South Carolina for a while. Then they moved up to New York and he came he came with her. So. Uh-huh. And what else was I going to say? Oh, so. OK, go ahead. What? So, just something Were else you're going to say. I was going to say something I didn't like, but then I was like, oh, but we're going to talk about most and least favorite. So yeah. I could save that. Uh, I just wanted <clears> to say <throat> a few things that about basketball, streetball. Um, you know, we often in these movies have talked about basketball as a way out. We've gone into that many, many times. Um, but this was sort of an exploration of what happens if you don't get out um, mm-hmm. kind of thing, which mm-hmm. uh, is just an interesting perspective. And Earl has a quote, not in the movie, but I read that he said, you know, for every Michael Jordan, there's also an Earl the Earl the Goat Manigold. You know, mm-hmm. there's always somebody who might have been as great, but didn't get the same opportunities, or you know, fell in with the wrong crowd, or whatever, and didn't end up making it. And it's important mm-hmm. for us to to remember that. There's also, go ahead. I was just going to say there were things about this movie that I didn't like. Okay. And they they made me kind of cranky, and we'll talk about that when we talk about most and least favorite. But I didn't realize that this movie came out while Earl was alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Earl has since passed. Um, and he actually passed about two years after this movie came out. Yeah. So when I saw, you know, they give the end text. I don't Does that have a name? Like when they tell you what happened to these people at the Epilogue, end? Epilogue, maybe. Yeah. So when they when they put that up there, I realized because I think Earl died in ninety-eight. And at that yeah. moment, I realized, oh, this, because it, it was talking about him in the present tense. And I realized, oh, he's still alive. 
while they made this movie. So that made me feel better about the movie, mm-hmm. not about the things I didn't like, but it kind of like it like pushed it up a couple of notches for me that, you know, I hope he was his life was hard and this doesn't always paint him in the in the brightest paint colors so to say with Mm -hmm. his heroin addiction and everything but i hope he was able to enjoy that he was being immortalized in film yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um yeah i just also wanted to to touch on the the difference in the culture between the the game that we watch on tv in college and professional ball and street ball they they are almost two different sports now now one of his his college coach says something very offensive about the difference between them um but there there is a difference between them in terms of the culture surrounding them and the way the game is played um it's still basketball but it's it's much more uh about respect and um besting each other and these one-on-one matchups rather than team like you talked about you know the four passes and whatever where this is like you know if you cross if you cross somebody up or if you dunk on them like that's a sign of disrespect and they're going to try to get you back either on the court or off the court um so it's just uh, again an interesting look at a different side of basketball from from the one that we've seen um okay you want to do favorite and least favorite yeah so my favorites were the bookends of starting the movie with that, with that interview where uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar says that Earl was the best, because mm-hmm. that was like re- that was real life. Yeah, and the the ending bookend of that I just talked about the epilogue where and and they also showed some video of Earl of the yeah. real Earl at mm-hmm. the end because he really did he struggled with um, you know he spent two two stints in prison he struggled with drugs but he spent the last twenty seven years of his life organizing tournaments for kids to to mentor them and one of them was called the like keep kids off drugs tournament or something yeah um so he really dedicated his life to really trying to help and he he actually he died of a um of heart issues Mm -hmm. so you know just to make sure none of our listeners think that you know he slipped back or anything he he right he died of of you know anatomy heart issues so yeah those are that's Um, that's my favorite was the bookends and your least? My least was actually the writing of the story. I thought it was extremely cheesy. I thought that it was, there was a lot of manipulate. I don't like when a movie is so blatantly trying to manipulate you with what it's doing and mm-hmm. writes things that don't make sense in real life. Like there were a couple of times. So uh, James Earl Jones played the uh, owner actually and kind of uh, head head of this school down south that earl ends up going to because he gets suspended from his uh public high school in new york and he goes to this like boarding school down south and james earl jones is is the principal the founder of it and there were two instances where james earl jones character i can't remember um dr mcduffie interrupts important things that earl has going on to tell him something so he's taking it to earl earl it it portrays Earl as someone who who has had trouble learning and reading. He was not a mm-hmm. strong reader. He was really not probably able to read much at all before he went to this boarding school. And he had to learn to become a student. And Dr. McDuffie pulls him out of the middle of taking a test 
in order to tell him something about a potential college that's interested in him. And then pulls him out of his college game to tell him when Mr. Rucker has passed away. I'm sure those things are not what happened in real life. But this is what the writers thought would be the best way to, like, manipulate our feelings. And I, I resent that kind of writing. And then I looked them up, and I'm not saying that they're that they, these are not writers to respect or anything. But, you know, one, one of them wrote is a writer from Baywatch, which, again, a show that can be very much enjoyed. But it's a, you know, like, it's a, for me, that's a different kind of writing than for a really serious story like this. Yeah. So and I, I really I wrote- didn't like that. I wrote down some notes that one of the notes I I said was like, the, the these were both at the beginning before it turned, but um, one was like, this almost feels like a musical, like, but the transitions and stuff, it's just mm. sort of over the top a little mm-hmm. bit. And, um, and then another thing I wrote was like, this feels like a satire that's just missing the jokes. Mm. Like, it's just, it, it felt like it was almost making fun of this genre of movie without like little like haha right we're making fun of it it was just like sort of sitting on top of it um but yeah my my most favorite was like the idea of of those legends that you talked about earlier with the the money on top and the double dunking because mm-hmm. i think this happens in baseball a lot because baseball is a much older sport but you hear about these older players and there's like these ridiculous stories that of course never happened but they've just been passed down and i'm sure exaggerated even more right. as they as they get passed down which I really enjoy. And it's something that I, I see happening in basketball, even from as recently as the 90s, where people mm. are glorifying people like Michael Jordan. Of course, I have a bias. But like there are all these stories, especially about 90s basketball, that these play, the players who played at the time are coming out and telling these stories that uh, there's no way they happened. They're like mm. the, it's, just not, it's just not possible. Not and, physically possible. Right. Or it's just like that's the that's so ridiculous. Of course that didn't happen, but there's these stories because these guys are, end up as as more than humans. Um, so I just I think and that's I, and fun. I th- I think that the um, not the person who's the who the legend's about, but the participants around him like to tell tall tales to make themselves part of a bigger story. Yes, yes. Definitely. You know, someone's like, oh, you know, when he could dunk, he would touch the backboard, and someone'd be like, well, I saw him grab a quarter off the top of the backboard one time you know right and that makes you like oh i was a better friend of his i spent more time with him or what yeah um so that i i enjoy that that's fun Mm -hmm. least favorite part was was the drug scenes which were you know actually happened and were probably necessary for the story but really really difficult to watch um so yeah that's all i'll say uh okay what is your rating for this movie five Okay, I rated it a 6.5. Mm-hmm. So that together I th- is a... 5.75? Yes. I knew that. <clears throat> is it? Do the math. I bet it's right. I did I did what I call... I know this is sexist, but I did what I call girl math. Fill time here as I'm, as I'm doing this. So here's what I did. So if I said five and you said 6.5, the difference between them is 1.5. So I divided that in half and got 0.75 and added it to my five. So it's 5.75. And you are correct. It's 5.75. Booyah. Um, Okay. So that will, that makes it even with Uncle Drew. It Mm. tied with Uncle Drew. Oh, interesting. Since they're both Rucker Park. Yeah. So one, two, three, four. So that's tied for fifth right now. Okay. Right. In our list of eight total. Okay. 
Um, so what are we watching next week? Wait, what? So listener <clears throat> Evan S. from New York gave us a couple of suggestions. What were his suggestions? I can't remember. Uh, he wanted us to watch and review Like Mike and Semi-Pro. All right, pick one for next week. Semi-Pro. Semi-Pro for next week. I think it'll be a, a good palate cleanse from this very dark movie. I okay. love Semi-Pro. So, th- <laughs> so there we go. Maybe Aaron will have to come on and He'll definitely give us his have thoughts to, as well. Yeah, totally give us will. a rating. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So let's move on to our last segment of the day, which is the nickname game. The nickname game. Oh, wow. No, you you wrote a ditty for that. Wow. Isn't that like the name game? Banana oh, fan, okay. fan, but All nickname right. game. That's that's what I got. That's I, nice. Luckily, luckily, name and game rhyme already, so I didn't have to like come up with the whole murder she with wrote that thing. Ri- like a, that ridiculous thing you did last week. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't. Uh, this is again. You're you're running this. I don't know what this is. It so. is. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, listener Tom G from Pennsylvania suggested a game for us. We took a look, and that particular game didn't necessarily work out. But from that, and from our watching of Earl the Goat, I thought, mm-hmm. hmm, we could do something like that with nicknames. So what it is is I have a list of people's names. So a lot of people have nicknames like. Dr. J. You know, Magic Johnson really could kind of fit into this, but obviously, you know, that's a real one. So we're not going to use that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Wilt, Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. Um, I think Joel M.B. calls himself the process because someone said uh-huh. trust the process. Um, yeah. You know, things like that that aren't actually um, the name associated with that person. So last week, what did we do last week? It was a uh, goat at a number. So I found a website um, that you could, there was a drop down of any Jersey number. You, you click it, hit enter, and it gives you the names of everyone who's ever worn that Jersey number huh. in the history of basketball, ABA uh-huh. and NBA. And while I was looking through those lists to find the people I was going to use for the, you know, for the GOAT basketball, I saw some pretty crazy what looked like first names. Yeah. And I was you like, mentioned, you mentioned some of them last week. Yeah. 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 And I was like, the, these are, these are interesting. Like, is this really this person's name? Cause it didn't say like Wilt quote the stilt Chamberlain. It would have in that case said the stilt Chamberlain. It didn't. But like, if that was an yeah. example, you know? Right. So I was like, this is you really thought, nutty. You so thought somebody's name was the stilt. <laughs> well, it could be that like there's, there was one, his name was, and this is not on our list today, but one guy's name is tiny Archibald. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is his name real? Like, you know, someone could be named Tiny. Anybody can name their kid anything they want. But is that really his name? So I Googled him, looked him up. I found out his name was Nathaniel and he was just a tiny kind of guy. Yeah, imagine, so that's, but, imagine if that was his real name and he came out like seven foot. <laughs> but that on this official NBA like jersey number website, it says Tiny Archibald. It doesn't say mm-hmm. Nathaniel, Tiny Archibald. So I looked up a bunch of them. I have a list of them and we're just going to, you're just going to say if you think it's real or fake. Okay. So is this really actually a name I found or a fake one? Okay. Um, How many are there total? Uh, two, 25, 26. Okay. But this will be quick. So, okay. It will. Cause you're just going real fake, real fake. And there are just a cut, like a handful of them that I want to talk about later. Okay. 
I'm ready. Okay. Are you ready? So you're uh, going to yes. say if it's real <laughs> or if it's fake. Okay. Real or fake. Got it. Yeah. But I got to figure out how I'm going to keep track. Okay. I'm ready. Fatty Taylor. Fatty Taylor. Um, real. I can't think this long on them. Sorry. Foots Walker. Foots Walker. Fake. Pooh Richardson Jr. I, th- I think that's real. I think I've heard of that one. Cadillac Perry. Cadillac Perry. I'm, I'm going to say fake. Popeye Jones. That's real. Red Roca. Red Roca? How's Roca spelled? R-O-C-H-A or Rocha? <laughs> that's, not, that's not the nickname part. That's so. not the nickname. <laughs> I'll say that's real. Red, I feel like that's a, that's a common thing. Campy Russell. Fake. Slick Watts. I want that to be real, so I'll say real. Slick Leonard. Oh, two slicks. Ah, oh, now you tricked me. Um, fake. Anytime McCoy. Fake. Rusty LaRue. Real. Moochie Norris. That's real. Bonzi Wells. Bonzi spelled B O N Z I. Fake. If it was Bonzi, like a tree, <laughs> then that would have been real. If I said it wrong. Um, <laughs> Cleggy Hermson. There's no way. That's fake. Sleepy Floyd. We talked about that last week, so that's mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Yeah, there were a couple I put in here. Speedy Claxton. That's real. Press Maravich. Fake. The only Maravich I know is Pistol. Cheese Johnson. Cheese? Fake. Smush Parker. That's real. Smush Parker. Truck Robinson. Real. Sweetness Russell. Fake. Hot Rod Handley. Real. Pickles Kennedy. Pickles Kennedy. Fake. Curly Armstrong. Put that in there for the for our pickle connection. <laughs> Curly Armstrong. Real. And Scooter Thomas. Real. How did I do? You uh Terrible? you got four you got 14 of them correct. So I guess there were 24. Oh. You okay, got 14 that's, out of 24. Better than you thought you did. More do? than I thought. Yeah. All right. So let me just run through a couple of them. First of all, Scooter Thomas was is fake because Scooter oh. Thomas Oh. <laughs> I should have recognized that. Who who's Scooter Thomas? Scooter Thomas is our old cat. Uh-huh. That's right. Scooter. He was specifically was... my my grandma's who her last name is Thomas. Right. And his name was Scooter. So Scooter That's Thomas. right. Scooter Thomas yes. was a cat. Yep. Um Sweetness Russell was fake and I picked the last name Russell because you've been doing ancestry and that's one of the last names that was in our um ancestry. Some of these fake first names that I picked were actually like NFL first names, but I just paired them with other ah. last names and used them here to try to trick you. Uh-huh. Um, 
Rusty LaRue. Appears that Rusty is the guy's actual first name. I can't huh. find that that's not his first name. So that one Did I get that also. one right? You said that you thought it was real, but it's not a nickname. So I didn't give you credit for that one. Oh, come on. That's his first I got nope, 15. I nope. What? All right. So here's a couple of facts. Foots Walker. That's a real one. Uh-huh. And Foots Walker actually is from Long Island, from Southampton, Long Island. From He was uh, first drafted in 1974. His high school team won 61 consecutive games, and that is unbroken on Long Island to this day. Good job, Footwalker. All right. Pooh Richardson Jr. His, yeah. his, grandmother, his grandmother thought he looked like Winnie the Pooh. So, so that's where he got that name. Yeah, an unfortunate name. But I guess like <laughs> once it's yours for a long time, then it kind of becomes yeah. like fun. Both of the slicks were yes, were were nicknames, real actual nicknames. Were real. Both of them. I think I I went one real, one fake on that. I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Bonzi Wells. Bonzi Wells. Bonzi's mother, when she was pregnant with Bonzi, um, craved bonbon ice creams. So for the first two years of his life, they just called him Bonbon as a nickname uh-huh. and then i guess he was kind of a crazy little little toddler so then they started calling him bonzi and it just stuck popeye um did i say popeye jones already no popeye jones when they brought him home from the hospital when he was born popeye was on tv oh. so they called him popeye uh cheese People just johnson don't put any thought into their into their <laughs> kids names they're just like whatever we'll figure it out well, something's on tv all right popeye yeah um, that's fine Cheese Johnson was nicknamed Cheese because he was a street ball player. And every time someone would wipe out on the asphalt, he would laugh so hard and had the biggest smile in the world. So they started calling him Cheese, uh-huh. like when you smile for a picture. And Press Maravich was Pete Maravich's dad. And uh-huh. he, was a, he was a coach. He was not a player. Uh, he was not a professional player, but he was a coach. And he um, he's called Press Maravich because he grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he used to deliver the Pittsburgh press when he was a kid. Huh. I thought, you know, if he's a coach, maybe he likes the, you know, the full court press. Full court press. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, nope. okay, cool. And I don't know any more facts about anyone, but you thought that Cleggie Hermson was not a name, and that actually was this guy's name. That's ridiculous. Name. Like, that's <laughs> Cleggie. <laughs> Um, cool. Yeah. I, I like a lot of those and, and yeah. And you tricked me on a, on a good few. So it looks like you really got the, uh, you know, you got exactly what, you know, what makes a good nickname, that kind of thing. That's right. That's right. Good job. Just name someone after your cat, just like Popeye yeah. and Bonzi. Yeah. I, I got 15. That's what I'm saying. So that's it for episode 10. <laughs> Send in questions, comments, movie thoughts, and guest suggestions to familycourtvision at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at @famcourtvision, and don't forget to subscribe or follow on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week on Family Court Vision, the mother of all basketball podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>